Before we get into this week's teaching, I just want to pause for a moment to tell you about our Spirit and Word Leaders Summit coming up in March 2017. Dr. Sharon Stone is going to be with us, incredible prophetic minister with great insight. Mark Stevens will be leading worship, there'll be other guest speakers and myself, and we'll have 24 hours from a lunchtime on a Tuesday to lunchtime on Wednesday to grow as leaders. We want to build incredible, spirit-filled churches that are growing and changing and transforming their communities. If that excites and interests you, come along to be with us. Bring your team and let's grow as leaders. Go to revivechurch.co.uk to find out more and to book in. You know, Jesus just had to walk into a room and something changed in that room. Did you know that? The amazing thing is he lives inside us. So now that when we walk into a room, everything changes. When we enter a place, things change. Because the God of gods, the Lord of lords, the King of kings, lives inside us. And when we walk, he walks. When he walks, we walk. So when we walk into a place, when we enter a place that's maybe a bit tough or enter a place of work, enter uh, an office or a school, he's walking in with us. Actually, he's already there. Waiting for you to arrive. Waiting for me to arrive. How good is that? Makes life much more exciting when we know he's already there, just waiting for us. You take your seats for a moment. I was so blessed to, when um, Jared contacted me, because uh, a few months ago now to invite me to come here, I I was so honored to just come and be with you on a Sunday morning, just to, because you know what, I, I hold you guys in high regard, because God holds you in high regard. What right have I got to criticize what God holds in high regard? I haven't got any right at all. So what God's blessing, I bless. So it's such an honor to be here. Please don't go too quiet on me. I've been watching you for the last half an hour. (laughs) Psalm 92 says, it is good to praise the Lord. Mm. 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 I heard that Hull is the city of culture. I have to say, this side 
beats the rest of you hands down. <laughs> I don't know what happened over here. Maybe you didn't hear me. I heard that Hull is a city of culture. To live here in a city of culture, what does it mean? What's it mean? That's a question that I'd like an answer to. I've, I, money. Money, yes. That's what the pastors think about money. Yeah? Not being small minded, being open minded. Yeah. Anything else? Expect people to come here, yeah? Opportunity for revival, absolutely. Means Prince Charles is coming on Wednesday with, with his entourage. You know what? Royalty's coming on Wednesday, but royalty already lives here. I'm looking at royalty this morning. Poke yourself and say, I'm royal. Just in case you didn't get it the first time, he's talking about you. Because we're sons and daughters of the king. How amazing. And to be a city of culture is quite an incredible thing in the United Kingdom. There's a few cities. Liverpool was one last year. Was it the year before? European was the European city. Well... He obviously knows more than I do. So I bow to your wisdom, sir. Thank you so much. <laughs> but you know, just imagine a city of culture filled with heaven's culture. Just imagine a year where heaven's culture is released into a city of culture. Just imagine what a difference that can be for thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people. It already started a little bit yesterday afternoon at the football ground. I, I, I won't go there, okay? I, I, I realize that's a sore subject, okay? Just, just take that thought out of your mind. Take that vision out of your mind, okay? But just imagine a year in a city of culture where heaven's culture is released. Just imagine in houses all over the city of culture, where heaven's culture gets released in houses, in homes. And, and, and the importance of that is not that we hold it to ourselves, not that we keep it all closed and introvert to ourselves, but the, the, the key to that is that we export what God has given us. You see, 
what God has given us, it, it, it's a little bit like this. We hold it like this. We don't hold it like that. Tight to us. We hold it like this. So what he's given us, we give away. We were on vacation once and we met some friends of ours in a, in a supermarket and they were just at the checkout till and we came into the store and they were just at the checkout ready to leave the store and when we got there they were kind of, the lady was putting all their stuff through the machine that goes beep, beep, you know, kind of thing. And so all our family hugged all their family and the lady who was coming, beep, Beep, was watching all this go on. So I said to her, would you like a hug too? And she said, yes. So all 10 of us hugged her. I mean, why not? And then the lady who was stood behind our friends in the queue was like this. So I said, would you like a hug too? She said, yeah. So we all hugged her. There were two other people in the queue and they disappeared. I don't get that. I, they missed out on something. The two people were recipients of. But... God wants us to touch our world because God wants to touch the world. God has the world. God has our city, has our town, our culture, has our, our, our county, our nation, our continent in his eyes, in his focus. And he set us here for such a time as this. To make a difference into our community. I was thinking about coming here a few weeks ago. And a little phrase jumped out at me. And I started thinking about it. And this was the phrase that I believe God put on my heart to share with you this morning. A lover searching for a lover. God the lover, searching for a lover, or lovers on the earth. That's what he's after. God is searching for those who will worship him in spirit and in truth, who give themselves to him unreservedly. Lord, I give you my heart. He's after you. And he's after me. The lover searching for a lover. And he wants us to be lovers, extravagant lovers, who not just on a Sunday morning, not just on a Wednesday night, or whatever night you meet in the week, whatever time you get together, but 24-7, to be those who give themselves in a response 
to a giving God give themselves unreservedly. He gave himself unreservedly. It was amazing. It's a nice little tune, that, isn't it? <laughs> You're all right, my love. It happens all the time. Probably mine will go off in a minute. God is after, because God is love, God is after those who will give him back love. In whatever way that looks like for you. In whatever way that looks like for the church. On a Sunday morning, it can be in our worship, in our adoration. Actually, that's not just for a Sunday morning. It's a total lifestyle. When we were singing before, day and night, night and day, that's not just a Sunday morning thing. That's a, a day and night, night and day thing. It's a continuous offering up to the Lord of worship, offering up to the Lord of adoration that's springing from a heart, a heart that's given over to him, a heart that sees that he's more important than what I'm going through. And some of you may be going through some stuff right now this morning, but what he is, he's the answer, he's the solution to your circumstance. Whatever predicament you're going through, he's the answer to that predicament. And he wants us to be a responsive people. We got the shock of our lives when we moved to Leicester. I'm from the Northeast, where everybody's responsive. Even the cats and dogs are responsive. <laughs> I married a Welsh girl, and she, oh. there was, yes, okay, yeah. <laughs> and the Welsh are responsive. Yeah, yes, okay, we won't go there, okay. <laughs> and we moved to Leicester, and you say hello to somebody, and they come, hmm. And I thought, this is interesting, really interesting. We lived in Bradford for a few years, and they're really responsive in Bradford. You just, I couldn't understand them all the time, but hey, there we go. <laughs> But God's after responsive people. Responsive people. When, when he touches our lives, respond. Don't just sit there like, gimme, gimme, gimme. My name's Jimmy, so gimme, gimme, gimme. He wants us to thank him and honor him and be on the front foot all the time in our adoration, in our love, in our service, in our giving back to him. God is looking for a people who will worship him in spirit and in truth. And we will be the people you are looking for. I, I, these are words of a song I wrote donkeys years ago. I just found it the other day when I was thinking about coming up here. 
And we will be the people you are looking for. We will be your children and you our God. Seeking first the kingdom, walking in your will. We'll be faithful. God is seeking a generation. Who's in this gen- Who's awake in this generation? God's seeking a generation for those who are devoted to his will. And he is looking, calling for this nation to be holy. And we will be the people you are looking for. We will be your servants and you are God, seeking first the kingdom, walking in your will. We'll be faithful. You see, God says something and he wants a response from our hearts. He always wants a response from our hearts. He's a speaking God all the time, 24-7. He's speaking to us, and he wants us to speak back to him. He wants us to tell him how great he is. He knows already, but he wants us to tell him. He wants us to proclaim it and declare it. He wants us to go about telling people how great God is. And sometimes you, you might use words. Because you can demonstrate how good God is and use no words by being kind and smiling and giving a hug to somebody in a supermarket. You see, we can make a difference. If the 12 disciples turned the world upside down, which is what happened and what is spoken about them, then we can shake this nation. At least you can shake this city. At least you can shake this county. Along with other believers from other congregations, seeking first the kingdom, seeking first the kingdom, passionately demonstrating the love of the kingdom, the love of a father that loves you and you're loving people and you're loving the world just like he loves the world. What a difference whole would be just imagine a city of culture known for the culture of heaven just imagine the tv getting hold of it just imagine the the radio getting a hold of it just imagine it being in the press what a difference has happened in this city is hull a city or a town city just imagine What a difference it would make in this place. Instead of being the end of the line, as a lot of people look at it, people would say, wow, what's happening? Something strange is happening. To the world, it's strange. To us, it's normal. And God wants us just to be normal. See, loving people is normal. It's normal for God, so it has to be normal for us. Jesus taught his disciples to pray on earth as it is in heaven. And love is normal in heaven. And Jesus taught his disciples on earth as it is in heaven. Love's there, so love has to be an operation here.
if you'd turn with me to, I don't know whether the words come up here. Do they, Lucy? Uh, you can try, yeah. If it was me, I'd be very trying, yeah. 1 John 4, verse 7. I'd like to read a few verses to you. 1 John 4, verse 7. I'm reading from the NIV. For, you, for those of you who don't know what that means, it means the NIV. <laughs> the New International Version. Because we have internationals in the room this morning. So why not read from a, an international version? Dear friends, see I view you as friends and so does God view you as friends. Do we view him as a friend? Or some God who's out there? But he's speaking to us, dear friends, let us love one another. What that means for you can be different to mean what it means to somebody over here. But it's demonstrating the love that people desire and need in the time that they need it. A, a smile, a, a hug, a, a cup of sugar, a card, a telephone call, a text, a smiley on Facebook. trying to keep up to date okay <laughs> that's the extent of my up-to-dateness I think there are some more but I just cannot remember what they're called anymore but God wants us because you see in heaven there's connection and communication between the father the son and the spirit there's such a connection there's communication going on all the time in heaven. And, and the angels are ever given in worship to him. They're gazing before him, at him all the time. It's not as if they have a tea break after 45 minutes. Well, that was a long time of worship. I think I'll just go and have a coffee break. That was really long. We sang the, we sang the same song for three minutes. Good night. Just read Revelation. They're singing those things all the time. See, when you get caught up with God, what you sing makes no difference. Because your gaze is filled with something amazing. Someone amazing. Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God. Because God is Love. Say that. God is love. Say it again. Say, God loves me. Look at your neighbor and say, God loves you. Come on, say it with a bit of passion, okay? <laughs> this is how God showed his love amongst us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us 
and his love is made complete. It's like being a reflector of the love of God. You receive, then you give. You receive, then you give. And so often, it's, it's very easy, you know, to be in a meeting and you get blessed and you go back to your seat and you, you sit like this. For 15 minutes. And there are people walking past you all the time. And it's good to come to receive. But there's time to give. There's time to go to people who need love. Who need a touch. Who need the touch that you've had. Maybe it's a touch of healing. Maybe it's a, you've had depression. And the Father in heaven has just touched your life and washed away that depression. And you know two other people in the congregation who are feeling depressed because something's happened to them. And God pokes you in the ribs. And the only people you can see as you look around are those two people. And, and you know the English people, the typical English people, the stiff upper lip English people come. When you come into the kingdom, you change nationality. We're kingdom people. We're predominantly English, but there are many people here from different nations. Maybe from Africa, maybe from different parts of Europe, maybe from the Caribbean, maybe from America, maybe from Asia. When you become a Christian, you are transferred. And the fee was great. From one kingdom into another kingdom. The kingdom of his dear son, Jesus. And he wants us to be extravagant. Just like Jesus was extravagant. See, when Jesus laid down on that cross that he was about to be crucified, they didn't have to pull his arms wide. He just stretched out his arms. About time the church started stretching out their arms. In Jeremiah 31 verse 3 it says that God has loved us with an everlasting love. It goes on and 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 on. If you get sick of saying on and on and on, forget it because it goes on and on and on and on and on. There's never a moment, there's never a day, there's never a week, there's never a month, there's never a year where God doesn't love us. 
And it just keeps rolling on and on and on and on and on. And he wants us to love him back. He wants us as the church to love him back. Now, I, I, I fully understand that love will look different from on every single person. And how we express our love will look different for every single person. But nevertheless, God wants us to give what we've been given. Yeah. In whatever way you express your love, it may be quietly, and that's okay. It may be boisterously, and that's okay. It may be fervently, it may be just sitting down and lifting your hands up like that, and that's okay. But God wants a response from our hearts, a response of love back to the lover, because the lover is looking for lovers. You want to see this area transformed? The lover is looking for lovers. You want to see the county transformed? The lover is looking for lovers. How can we lay down our lives for him? In worship, of course, yes. Uh, Romans 12, verse 1 says this, therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. But how can we lay down our lives for him? In worship, like I've just said, but what about our work? What about our hobbies? What about our ministry? What about our families? What about our streets? What about our interaction with people? Is that not our ministry? Well, well, you may say, oh, well, I'm not in ministry. He's in ministry, but I'm not. Yes, you are. God has given us each a ministry. Whether it's looking after a child, or teaching a class, or looking after a playgroup, or driving a bus, or sweeping the road, or teaching at the university or pastoring a church, that calling, that responsibility, that gifting is, is, a, is a gift for you personally from your father because he looked and saw that you can do it. So do it to the best of your ability. That's what he's asking.